Hi, and welcome to the Evolve CEO podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gillies, and this podcast is designed for high-achieving CEOs, business founders, and entrepreneurs who are looking for ways to expand beyond their business accomplishments, their life, and their relationships. We will be taking a deep dive into all topics relating to success, love, and happiness, and we will be talking a lot around healing, alignment, and manifestation, which is the key to actualizing ourselves and reaching our highest potential. Look forward to you tuning in to this week's episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Evolve CEO podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about alcohol and the relationship that people have with alcohol. I've had a bit of a crazy journey when it comes to alcohol, and please know that this podcast isn't about bagging out alcohol. Tracy still drinks. I don't drink anymore, and I'll tell you the reasons why. But we do want to talk a lot about it because it's a massive thing in today's society and culture both for enjoyable things, but people are also using it as a way to de-stress or to relax or escape themselves. So my journey with alcohol, I grew up in country New Zealand. I was always around alcohol, a lot of rugby. I played a lot of rugby. You'd have beers with the guys after rugby. All of my friends, we would socialize. We had some great times, don't get me wrong. Like I do not regret my earlier days of going partying and drinking with my mates and playing rugby and just everything around it. But for me, it got too much. For me, it become like a vice that controlled a lot of areas in my life. And when I become a father and I had children, I was starting to use alcohol for the wrong reasons. So when I was younger, I used alcohol to have fun. Sometimes I'd get myself in a little bit of trouble if I drank too much. But those stories are for another day. But when I become an adult and I wanted to get ahead and and I was pushing myself hard physically, mentally, in business to be the best version of myself, but alcohol seemed to be this kind of nemesis that I used for the wrong reasons and it was actually limiting my potential. So, so many times I tried to not quit alcohol because I actually really enjoyed it. I loved having the banter and the relationships and getting together with my friends and having a few drinks and so forth. But I wanted to cut back because I was a bit of a binge drinker. And in cutting back, I didn't realize how hard it was to cut back. It would be like you'd be good for one period and you might stop drinking for a period of time and then you come back and it would sneak in. I used alcohol for stress management I used alcohol to build connection with Tracy when we had kids and life got stressful. I would come home and have a few drinks to unwind and then I would coax Tracy into having a few drinks with me and then that would open up some fun conversation between us. But it got to a point where it was unhealthy. It was kind of like our communication was built off the back of alcohol. It was like my life was revolved around alcohol. So in 2016, I decided to quit alcohol and it was a really, really hard journey for me. I decided that it wasn't serving me anymore and to try and reduce and just have it sometimes, for me, that didn't work. I was an all or nothing and I would end up over drinking. So going through this process was a real eye opener for me. 
I got to the point where I was so frustrated with where I was at. I was blaming everything on alcohol and I thought if I could just get rid of the alcohol, then my life would be amazing because I wouldn't be using it to self-sabotage myself. But what I didn't realize is how deep this love-hate relationship I had with alcohol and how hard it was for me to actually quit. So can you remember back in those days? It was everything. It was your good times. It was your pick you up in the low times. But our relationship, it wasn't just after kids. Our whole relationship, even from younger years, just revolved around it. If I look back on, as I said, I still drink a little bit now, but not to the extent I used to. But the only time I think I felt that real excitement when I was younger was when I was going to drink alcohol. But it just got to the point, I think after we had children, Greg, and I had too many pressures and demands, and I was like, you're being really selfish here. Don't even have the space for this or the hangovers or all of these things. But yet I was a little bit addicted to it too. So it was easy when Greg said he'd taught me into it. He didn't, I had like a rubber arm, so it wasn't <laughs> hard to twist it. Yeah, she was easy but to convince. it just, it's the one time in your life that you've got so many pressures and demands as a parent, you need to be better. That just fuels that disservice to self. So I know for you, Greg, when you did step away from it, I found that so hard. I actually felt like I had lost my best friend. It was really, really hard because we've lived away from our family for a long time. We've relied only on each other. And even when we didn't want to step up, we always kind of just had to. And those moments of almost forgetting life a bit and getting back to a bit of silly banter and fun, like I cherished it so much. So to lose that, and I remember you gave up for a while, yes? Yeah. Okay. And then... There was moments where I think I voiced how I was feeling. And I remember we went out for dinner and you said, oh, I'll just have one wine. And you had one and you drove us somewhere and it was a great night. And you were like, oh, I could handle this. And then it it just went back. It just reverted back to where you didn't want it to be. And I realized when you did give it up the second time, I just had to shut my mouth and I had to deal (laughs) with my stuff and why I felt like that limited us or we had to really recreate our relationship, didn't we? Totally. So if you've heard our stories, it's in podcast ones. We don't want to go too deep into the past again, but alcohol was a massive issue for me. And like Tracy said, I gave up alcohol for three months. I actually was so determined to give it up. I decided to go to AA to admit that I had a problem with it because everything else that I had tried wouldn't work because my willpower would just run out and I'd come home from work. I'd be driving home from work and it was like I was having this fight in my head with myself and it was just like, don't go past, don't stop at the bottle store, don't stop at the bottle store. And it would just take over, yeah? So this is why I actually took it to the extreme and I just went, enough is enough. I want this out of my life. It's stopping me from becoming who I want to be. And I went to AA and I knocked off for three months And then after that three months, I felt amazing. And as Tracy said, I thought that I was all healed and everything was okay and I didn't have a problem with alcohol anymore. And then I had one and one led to two. And then the next couple of nights, it led to three to four. And then I was back into those bad old habits. So that was where I put my foot down and I said to Tracy, I have to give up alcohol for good, but my 40th birthday is coming up. 
And I'm definitely not going to have my first alcohol-free birthday party on my 40th. So I said to her, I will make a decision to give up after my 40th. And it was hard, but I did. And the reason why it was so hard that I learned later is this relationship that we have with alcohol, it's kind of like your best friend and your worst enemy at the same time. But when you stop drinking, and I'm not saying you have to stop drinking, but for me, that's what I wanted to do. It was all or nothing. It had to be nothing. When I stopped drinking, I didn't realize that you go through a mourning process. It's like losing a person. You go through the same emotional mourning process as if somebody had died. And that was how tight the relationship with alcohol was for me. That was how controlling it was. That was how it took over my mind and my willpower. And I just didn't matter how many times I tried to use willpower to stop. I couldn't. So that was a big eye-opener for me. The other eye-opener for me was I blamed alcohol for everything. I thought alcohol was my biggest problem. And if I got rid of it, then everything would be okay. But when I actually finally quit, I realized and I started doing some deep life coaching and some energy healing and some kinesiology, I realized that alcohol was just the symptom of something much, much deeper. And this was kind of the journey in the beginning of how Tracy and I have even created this company. The Evolve CEO was for me going through this deep healing and transformation. And alcohol was just one of those big boulders that I had to get rid of so that I could then open up to the next version of myself and really step into my true potential. But with giving up alcohol and moving that big boulder and then starting to do the healing and the life coaching, a whole new world of challenges presented itself that I wasn't aware of. And I'm going to talk about that now. So our relationship dynamic changed. Our, the way we connected through alcohol changed. And as Tracy said, it was like she just lost her best friend. So I would have a few drinks and then I would just all of a sudden be all excited and jovial and we would just talk and banter. And without that alcohol, I felt a bit boring. Initially, I didn't even want to go out to parties because I didn't trust myself that I wouldn't be able to not drink. And the other thing is it changed the dynamics with a lot of my close friends. And that was really, really hard for me is because I had to just stick by myself and it was quite a lonely and isolating stage to give up alcohol and not put myself in circumstances where I would just give up and drink because I really, really miss that connection with friends. But a lot of my relationships and a lot of my closest friends, it was all revolved around alcohol. It's like when we got together, 100% of the time, it would be to drink. It would be just like, let's get together, let's drink, let's have a great old time. And when that had gone... It was a massive, massive challenging time. But I think people felt challenged by you yeah. saying that you had a problem, especially when you originally went to AA, because if this guy is saying he's got a problem and they always partake with Greg, does that mean you're saying that they do? So it was kind of felt a little bit hard because I think people felt judged you got a lot of questions, didn't you, Greg, as in, oh, so tell me <laughs> how much were you drinking? And you could see them calculating in their head if, you know, his quota equated to what they were. And if it didn't, they were like, phew, I'm actually okay. But I do want to add a piece into that story that you did go to AA for how many months? It definitely works for people. We're not saying that. But for you, you just felt like 
you didn't want to keep going somewhere to reaffirm it. You had to do the work in yourself and you had to be able to do it by yourself. So that's the path that you actually chose to go down. But our relationship, yeah, that was challenging. I don't know, because let's be honest, sex was good when, (laughs) (laughs) you know, not saying it's not good now, but it took a while to adjust because that was the instigator often for these interactions. And you give each other this undivided attention because it's heightened with this excitement with the alcohol and the change of state. So for us, it's like we had to get to know our relationship again. And we had to prioritize it differently. I think for you saying that about even not wanting to go out and things like that, or you'd get tired, like we might go out and I'd have a drink and get a bit G'd up, but you wouldn't have that anymore. So it also highlighted, I think, Greg, how bad your health was when you stopped and the damage that had actually been done through just that drinking. I know even for myself, I had done a lot of damage as well. And I think it took me longer to realize this, I still did drink and then over time it just petered out. And if we go somewhere now, I like to have a couple of drinks and I do enjoy that, but it's not my go-to day-to-day. It's not just part of our lifestyle really anymore that it becomes that priority. Totally. And one of the biggest challenges is my personality, I go all in. Like when I'm going to do something, I go all in, which is amazing when I go all in on something that's beneficial but it's not when it's something that is unhealthy like alcohol. So Tracy touched on a few things around the challenges and the dynamics in our relationship and how our sex life and our intimacy was very much revolved around the heightened states that we would put ourselves in around alcohol. And having all of that to adjust, it was a massive adjustment period. And if we weren't on this massive journey of healing and self-improvement and self-actualization and the work that we do now, I possibly would have given up and just gone back to old self. But I got to this point where it was just like I was so, so frustrated with where I was at because I've always known deep down that I've been destined for greatness, but I had these habits and these poor habitual things, alcohol, that was just slowing me down. And even in the earlier days, when I'd drink, I would smoke, and that was even worse. It was very, very unhealthy. So I didn't realize how much I had damaged my health. I had damaged my gut lining from drinking too much. My liver was really bad. I carried a lot of inflammation. I carried massive amounts of weight. Like when we come back from Singapore, I was 113 kilos because I drank so much over there. Just disgusting. Just really unhappy and disgusting. But as Tracy said, I would easily normalize it because everybody that I associated with would drink like me. And when I did AA and used that, because I had to find something that was going to cement in my mind that this is it for me. And I had to admit that I had a problem with alcohol. And that was really hard for me to admit is because if I shared that I had a problem with alcohol or if I even said that I'm an alcoholic and that I'm going to AA, the other people that I drank with that drank the same amount as me, they would just be like, oh my God, what do you mean? How can you be an alcoholic? Because it would challenge their drinking. But I think the idea (laughs) of an alcoholic is like a gutter rat alcoholic these days where people can be functioning. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you're drinking every day. Like you didn't really drink every day. You'd drink so much and then we'd be like, oh, have the reprieve because we feel sick or not so great. And then it might be the day later. So it doesn't necessarily look like what people have it that idea in their mind. It wasn't drinking every day. It was just over drinking when I drank. I couldn't just have one or two. That would just G me up and I would just want more. And I love that change of state. So we know so much now around neurological and physiological health and behaviors and triggers and just how the mind and body works. And to be able to change your state through something like alcohol, it enables you to escape reality, escape stress, escape pain, escape all of that sort of stuff. That's what I was using it for without realizing it. I was telling myself that it was just fun. To be honest, I do miss a lot of the engagement and the banter and all that sort of stuff. But because I haven't had any alcohol for over six years now, I can have that relationship with people. I can still go out and socialize. And it's a bit more accepted nowadays, like zero alcohol beer and wine is the fastest growing alcohol in the marketplace. But back when I stopped, it was kind of looked at <laughs> like, are you serious? But we have a lot of clients that will head down that path and they give up alcohol. Not that Greg's pushed that topic. They just see that there's more. And I think sometimes when people think about giving up alcohol, they look at what they're losing. There has to be a bigger gain. Like even for me now, I didn't purposely just say I'm not going to drink as much. It just happened because there's so much more that I wanted. Like for me and the work that I do, my spiritual connection is the most important thing. And I use my energy to heal other people, but maybe just explaining this to somebody, because a lot of people don't understand this. When we go to sleep at night, there's different times that different organs will be dominant or there's different things that happen throughout that sleep regeneration process. And I don't know if you've noticed, but when you drink alcohol, you will wake between one and three. And the reason for this, it's the time of the liver. So if you interrupt this time when your liver have all these other jobs to do and it's got to process alcohol, you don't just disrupt that toxicity or processing that, you know, the alcohol needs to get processed. It's actually the time it's linked into your brain chemistry replenishing itself. So your brain chemistry the next day, that's why we don't really feel fully with it or onto it again. It affects a lot of neurological structures because it's a neurotoxin. But for me, my biggest thing would be one to three is the time of our deepest sleep. And it's the time we actually reconnect with our spiritual aspects and we receive guidance and support for the next day. So if I disrupt that one to three period, I feel so disconnected in myself. And I know for me, I just notice that now. For me, that's why I would not drink regularly because that regeneration, that reconnection to self and to my higher kind of spiritual aspects, that to me is the most important thing. But if you take more meaning to what you're actually gaining rather than focusing on what you're losing, because when you feel like you're losing something, you don't really want to give it up. Totally. So there are astronomical health benefits, and most people know that, but sleep is one of the big ones. Now, when people come to us, they don't come to us because they want to quit drinking alcohol, but a lot of people might have something a habit like alcohol or some other kind of addictive habit that they're doing too much. And it's really identifying why it's become such a bad habit. 
and in healing your energy and in healing your neurological structures and really balancing yourself out, the cravings go away. So it's not like our clients all quit drinking alcohol, but almost all of them heavily reduce, or some have quit because they just don't want it in their life, but they heavily reduce it because they've healed the neurological and the physiological structures and energy systems that are driving the cravings that are making us want more and more and more of it. It's kind of like our technology nowadays. It's the dopamine hits. It's the serotonin. It's all the feel-good hormones that we get into these bad addictive cycles. And for a lot of people, and I'm talking to hardworking men, it's kind of like you get to the end of the day if you're a drinker and the whole body switches into this massive craving mode and it's just like you can't even stop yourself. But then in your mind, it's just like, oh, I can't wait to have a drink when I get home because it makes you feel great and you don't have to deal with all the stresses. So you can still drink, but you're not doing it to escape anything. You're doing it to socialize. You're not doing it to the detriment of your sleep. You're not doing it to the detriment of your spiritual connection to your liver function. So what else do you want to share with them around the relationship with alcohol and just understanding their body and their health and how it affects? I think you just touched on it about the cravings. People just think I'll be better. I'll make a better choice. And when we drink, there's so many things that put us into a state of deep survival stress state. And there are other podcasts talking about the mind and even the body. It explains what the state does. But it will change our whole metabolism to suit this deep state of stress, which it really does want fast burn foods, sugars. It will crave alcohol. So all the time, people think that alcohol actually reduces stress. If you were drinking regularly, you will have a higher baseline for stress. So it, it really doesn't. I don't know. It's hard topic because we don't want to be saying don't. I would be saying, I should be saying don't, but for me, if I was to drink, I'll choose occasions or I would pick, I wouldn't be doing it every night because the compounding effect of actually how it interferes with sleep and regeneration, that actually has a huge effect. I don't know, it's hard because it is so acceptable in society and these conversations can have people feel uncomfortable because they feel maybe judged. But at the end of the day, so many people know that they drink too much. Let's be honest. Like if anybody is a big drinker or drinks regularly and they're really, really honest with themselves, most of them will say, I would love it if I didn't drink as much. So most people don't want to get it out of their life because they enjoy it and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But it, what this podcast is about is understanding how it actually controls us because of the cravings, because of the mental and physical dysfunction. So the other thing that we wanted to touch on is me stopping drinking alcohol and not being against it. It's not I frown upon people who are drinking like Tracy drinks. It's actually giving our children a different relationship and respect for alcohol because they know my story and I've been open and I talk about the reason why I stopped, one of the big reasons why I stopped is my kids were really, really young and I didn't want them to grow up around me being a heavy drinker and just how toxic that is for my children to experience because they'll just pick up my behaviors. 
and then they'll just become teenagers. Like we've got a 14 year old daughter and it's that age where they want to go out, they want to socialize, there's parties and kids are like, just want alcohol. They just like, that's the cool thing. Let's get as much alcohol as we can. I quite like that. I've had conversations with her recently and she's just says to her friends, why do you need that to have fun? (laughs) And then her idea of fun would be when I'm older, mum, I want to go out for a nice dinner. Maybe I might have a drink here or whatever, but I'll go to the gym and I'll buy food from the markets and I'll do all these things around health. But I will maybe touch on one other thing which I was quite shocked by myself as a parent that my daughter hadn't really had alcohol while well, she hadn't had alcohol. And she was talking about going to a party. And I said to her about there'd be alcohol. And she said, I know, mum, don't worry, I will make the right choice. And she said, I've been in this situation before. And I said, oh, do tell me because I haven't heard the situation. And she was a bit reluctant to say at first, but it turns out that she went to a friend's birthday party And a big group of girls went back to the person's house and it was actually the mum that brought out wine and gave it all to the girls, which some of them didn't really want it, but they felt pressured to have this glass. Georgie said she had a sip and didn't like it and secretly just tipped it out on the side. But there was other girls that had quite a bit. And it was the last thing I was expecting. I understand peer pressure. But I wasn't expecting that from an adult. And the fact that adult then said, don't tell your parents, I was really, really saddened by that. Because if somebody says to a child, don't tell your parents, well, you should definitely tell your parents. But she actually went to school and some of the other girls were talking to her and said it made them feel really, really uncomfortable. And they didn't know what to do in that situation. So I guess our kids, we're not going to say, obviously, don't drink. They will have to experiment and go through that themselves. But I'm glad to say now, Greg, that our life's really different, that they won't just be modeling the behaviors and the things that we were so unconscious in our life about doing and hadn't even questioned at all if there was any fault to it. So for us, that would be really the big thing. And then also we've done, I will say, even through my healing journey, we had done years and years of damage to our body. Like, I'm amazed how it still functions so well through all of those different things that the way I've treated it. But now my health is a priority, especially as you get older. I think some people think they can still behave in the way they did when they were younger. And yet the body isn't as forgiving and the compounding effect. So for us, that path of connection and health and all of those things is really our main priority. Beautiful. So the big thing here is it also hinges back to stress, right? So I used alcohol as stress management, and then because I would drink too much, it would cause a different level of stress. We'd go to the gym, and I would train really hard out of guilt to try and overcome the drinking, and then there's just this constant yo-yo of pressure on the body, and it just slowly breaks you down, which is why I ended up with poor gut health and liver function and all that sort of stuff. And then there is being a role model. So Previously, before we went on this journey, like Tracy said, we were just ignorant. Like we were selfish and ignorant to what we were showing our young kids by being big drinkers and drinking around each other and thinking it was all fun and banter. And if we hadn't stopped and we hadn't changed and we hadn't gone on the journey that we'd gone on, our kids would have repeated ourselves. And instead of our daughter telling us about a story that she doesn't want to drink, she probably would have fully indulged. It's because she does have a personality similar to mine. 
but just our example has enabled them to make smarter choices. Will they drink? Of course they will. But will they abuse themselves and get drunk stupid like some teenagers are? No way. They've got too much respect for themselves now just because of the journey that we've taken them on. So there's so many different facets to it. And again, we're not talking about not drinking. We're talking about how alcohol is actually a relationship that actually creates a lot of dysfunction, even if we think that it's excitement and we enjoy it. So if alcohol is something that you want to reduce or if alcohol that you know is a problem in your life, then that's what this podcast was for, is to just understand how it affects us, understand the relationship between it, why it's so hard to just stop because it just overcomes our willpower and live a better life. Yeah. Focus on healing your health and having deeper, more meaning, uh, better sleep and connecting with your higher spiritual self at night. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll be doing more on other topics relating to health and wellness and everything in between. Thank Fantastic. you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Evolve CEO podcast. If you value the information that is in our podcast, please like, subscribe, and add a review to our podcast page because it'll help us understand the value that you are receiving and more importantly, we'll spread the world of this podcast. Also share it with your friends and your family. Now, every listener of our podcast gets a free gift from us. And this is our Nine Pillars of Success, Love and Happiness Life Assessment. This is the exact same life assessment that our high-level clients, which are CEOs and business leaders, go through on an annual basis so that they can assess and reflect the past 12 months of their life and then plan their desired outcome for the next 12 months of their life. And this is our gift to you for listening in. So please follow the links below and you'll find the link to the assessment page. You'll also find Tracy and my social media links. We would love for you to connect with us on our social media channels, follow our additional content on there as we want to provide as much value as we can in the event of helping you create more success, love and happiness in your life. Thank you and we'll see you in the next episode.